Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down, news of the of the day, Francesca, she has been gone too long, not <laughs> on the show. All right, we're glad to have her back on the program, host of the Twituation Room. Yes, yeah. so Always good, good to, to be you. here. Congrats to you on all the new stuff happening in your life. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a I've got a little one, and my God, they're a lot of work. Um, yes. But yeah, so it's so good to be back with you, Dr. Richie. You've just been crushing you. it, um, and I'm so thankful for this community. We're thankful for you. All right, top story of the day: humanity inside of Boehner. He cries <laughs> talking about Nancy Pelosi. Here it is. My team here in Washington, and Madam Speaker, I have to say, my girls told me, tell the speaker how much we admire her. Glad you couldn't tell my girls are Democrats. Now let me do this, I have seen the social media post. I have seen the rhetoric back and forth. Mm. Boehner obviously is worthy of criticism for the policy positions he took. He is, he's worthy of that criticism. In addition to that, he is also worthy of at least an observation of respect. What he did there was authentic, authentic. it was sincere, genuine. Possibly connected to the guilt he felt while being leader, speaker, and also a promoter of the virus that currently exists in our political structure. John Boehner choked up Wednesday as he told House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, She's still currently technically House Speaker, I believe. Um, how much his daughters admire her during a special ceremony. A portrait of Pelosi was unveiled at the Capitol to honor her. Pelosi is the first woman to serve as House Speaker. She held the gavel from 2007 until 2011 when Boehner took, uh, took it after the 2010 midterms. She took it back in 2019 during former President Donald Trump's term in office. Uh, and will no longer hold a Democratic leadership post after next month. Boehner, who is obviously an establishment Republican, just as Pelosi is an establishment Democrat, was in Washington for the ceremony. He celebrated his one-time Democratic rival and was emotional as he spoke from the podium. You've been unfailingly gracious to me, to my family and frankly, my team here in Washington, he said. And Madam Speaker, I have to say, my girls told me, tell the speaker how much we admire her. Boehner began to cry and was met with applause. If you couldn't tell, my girls are Democrats, he joked. Later added, no other speaker of the house in the modern era, Republican or Democrat, has wielded the gavel with such authority or with such consistent results. Let me just say, you are one tough cookie, he continued. You and I have disagreed politically on many things over the years, but we were never disagreeable to each other. As you might have heard me say before, you can disagree without being disagreeable. Mm. 
Mm. Let me also go to some other compliments he laid out to Nancy Pelosi. Here it is. But there's another side of you, Madam Speaker, as well. As leader of the other party opposite you during many of your years in leadership, I occasionally got to see and experience something few others get to see. And that was your grace when the cameras were off. And when the moment called for us to rise above politics and stand together as colleagues to do what was in the interest of the House and, frankly, what was in the interest of the country. Those days are no more. As a matter of fact, even during the days of Boehner and Pelosi, well, they were still basically carrying the agenda of corporations first, constituents second. Now listen, some people will criticize me because this is supposed to be a moment of great celebration. We celebrate civility, but at what cost? I'm a civil individual, but I'm okay with argumentation when required. I'm a civil person, but I'm okay with aggression when required. I'm a civil individual, but I'm okay with civil disobedience when required. Please understand this, the context. Nancy Pelosi, Boehner, and other mainstream politicians, they represent a political agenda that may be contrary to the common good of all. Keep in mind, as it stands right now, we have a Republican Party that is a mirror image in many ways of the KKK in their ideology, their proclamation of replacement theory doctrine and the likes. And then you have a Democratic opposition. Well, they're so busy trying to make sure they continue to hold the course of democratic politics and not offend their corporate friends or their allies and interests. That they decide to basically cut out, put on an island progressives who are willing to fight these impossible fights, who are not afraid of the major corporations, who have not been purchased by various interests. That is worthy of contextualization as well. I'm happy to see a happy moment in a political construct between two individuals who represent opposing views. But are the views truly opposing when both of them receive money from the same corporate cats? Are they? The lines have been blurred, ladies and gentlemen. So while I can celebrate the reality of first, Nancy Pelosi was the first woman we've had in that position in the United States of America. We can celebrate that. That is inspirational for many, including myself and obviously my daughter. But beyond the moment, what is the movement? What changes beyond the right now? Because that moment will not put food on the table of a poor person. Mm -hmm. That moment will not shelter a family who's currently unsheltered. That moment will not transform the reality of our criminal justice system in America. But it could be a good place to start. All right, thoughts here.
Yeah, I know, I totally agree. I mean, I think you said all that needs to be said. Look, I do think Boehner was sincere in those tears. And I, I think he's not joking. I bet his daughters are Democrats, right? Given today's Republican Party. Um, but you just said it. These are two characters, two figures, Nancy Pelosi and John Boehner, that are uh, leaders of a bygone era in so called bipartisanship, corporate bipartisanship. They oversaw their parties and they have overseen their parties. Um, uphold the status quo. And Boehner is no longer really relevant in his party because his party is so extreme. What did he oversee? He oversaw, however, the seeding, the the sowing of the Tea Party, of Obama obstructionism, right? And yet he and Obama were kind of, they did like chummy little videos together. He and Nancy Pelosi were chummy. So it was sort of like, you know, backstabbing, but with, you know, a smile. And now it's just backstabbing. And honestly, sometimes I kind of prefer just the, the, the hood off, as we've said about this Republican Party. I just prefer them to be straight up about what they were doing when Obama was in office, which was effectively calling him a foreigner, a terrorist, etc. 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 And all the kinds of racism and xenophobia. So it's just you just see the sun is set. At least for the Republican Party, the sun is set on Boehner. The sun has set a little too late, in my opinion, on someone like Pelosi. And it is time for us to offer an actual fight against the hard right Republicans that someone like Boehner oversaw the the sort of the beginnings of the origin story of. I think that's very well said, and I would like to highlight one point before I move to the next story. It is not a coincidence that Boehner and other Republicans utilized this ridiculous narrative against former President Obama by saying he was somehow not actually an American. Others said he was a terrorist. There's commentary that he was the Antichrist. They did not reject these notions. They did not stand up and say, stop it to their constituency, they didn't do it. They allowed their base to continue to promote to promote this mess because it continued to protect and help them retain power. And then what happened? Donald Trump was the last holdout. He was the last person to let it go. Donald Trump continued to say, no, 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 I need to see a birth certificate. When other Republicans said, we've let it go, Trump did not. Trump became their champion. The message created by individuals like Boehner and others became the very catalyst for the popularity of Donald Trump. All right. What if I told you a cop speeding in a neighborhood damn near killed a whole family, does not stop, continues, and is not arrested at all? Let me take you to the video, here it is. A ring doorbell camera catches a police officer nearly crash a cruiser into a family standing on the front lawn. It happened on December 7th in Sunrise, Florida. Video shows a Coral Springs police officer veer into a front yard, coming within inches of a grandmother, four children, and a teenager. Local media outlets say that after that, the cruiser sped off. At the time, the kids were waiting outside for the school bus. Florida TV stations report the police vehicle slammed on its brakes to stop for a bus that was out of frame. After that, the vehicle swerved to avoid hitting another car. The Coral Springs Police Department says it was sent the video, meaning the officer behind the wheel did not self-report it. Sir, have you been drinking today? Sir, do you have any warrants for your arrest? 
Do you have any weapons I need to be aware of? Those are the questions that would have been posed to anybody else who did something like that. This officer damn near kills an entire family. He leaves, gets reported, still no absolute action at least that we can tell. Let's put up the picture of one of the victims of this situation. Donna Banner was the grandmother. Let me tell you where this happened, Sunrise, Florida. A grandmother, her child and her four grandchildren are still in shock after they say they were nearly hit by a police SUV that veered into their front yard. Donna Banner was the grandmother whom had almost gotten run over. She said, and I quote, I grabbed the kids because I was so shook. And it's like the police officer wasn't paying attention, Banner recalled. He almost hit me, I froze. But then I realized I had to jump out of the way. Zakayla Ford, Banner's 11 year old granddaughter said. Denise Ford, not pictured, the children's mother said when she heard about the incident, she was shocked that an officer was so careless and now is a traumatized, as she is as traumatized as her children. Ford revealed that Zakayla continues to have pain in her neck and leg because of the near accident and as a result has not returned to school. Let's go to the chief. That's Chief Bradley, Chief Bradley McCone issued a statement to CBS3 WSVN News. We were able to identify the officer who was driving the vehicle. That officer has been issued a formal discipline. It is unclear if charges against the officer were brought in Coral Springs. I can tell you this, I would bet money charges were not brought against the officer. There's more, the incident is further complicated because the family had not reported the speeding to their local police agency. So Sunrise authorities reportedly could not issue charges or traffic violation citations. Banner, Ford and the children would like more action against the officer, especially since a video exists. Still, they are grateful that no one was physically injured by the action. Without the video, nothing would have been done. It would have been my word against the police's word, according to Ford. So here's what I'm going to do. First of all, obviously, the police department, the jurisdiction can do something if they choose to, regardless of action from the family. Because you have at least a crime on camera. You at least have that. And you know who the person is. So now you have identity. You have both, except. You kind of don't, they're not revealing this information to the public. And according to the family, they do not have the information either, at least not right now. But here's how you get the information. You file a lawsuit and you file a criminal complaint. Maybe you're not able to produce the information, but you have enough information in the video to where a proper investigation would naturally produce it. And then they can be compelled based on the suit you file or a criminal investigation, they can be compelled to reveal who was driving that government vehicle. In addition to that, you can put in a freedom of information request, which is something that we're doing at Indisputable as well. A freedom of information request has to be specific, has to be direct, and it has to be a record that already exists. Meaning, 
They do not have to provide something to you that they must create. If a record already exists by law, if you specifically request it, they have to give it to you. So what is the record that we know exists? A disciplinary action. Request the disciplinary action connected directly to that incident in your yard. That should get you the identity of the cop. Insanity for something like this to happen to a family and there's absolutely no true appropriate response from the police. All right, yeah. this is the thoughts here. No, I mean, look, it's incredible that you have to go through those lengths just to yeah. get the name of this cop to get minimal accountability. Even just to tell your friends and family like to look out for this person. I mean, obviously the way the police treat the communities in which they patrol, like you think that cop is serving and protecting? No, it's a lot of times police forces treat the communities they're in like they are occupying those communities. I mean, we've seen similar actions in Iraq or Afghanistan or other places that the United States military has been deployed. It's like, nah, your lawn is just kind of the place that I veered off into. Oops, don't owe you an apology or anything. Won't even get out and tell you to, you know, are you okay? Have a nice day, just basic stuff. But then, okay, please go play basketball, you know, with some kids and have a coffee and donut and do some PR for it. So again, it's just the lack of respect and I wish, look, you can argue with defund, you can argue with reform the police. What about some kind of body other than the legal avenues that Dr. Rich yeah. has laid out? What about any kind of any kind of body, any kind of independent investigative body where you can feel like your complaint was at least heard and that the disciplinary action isn't just enshrouded in whatever the you know, whatever the chief decided, which is, I don't know, take the day. Yeah, if that and here's the reality. Um, obviously, uh, this could have ended tragically. We're very happy that everybody's alive, nobody got hit. Uh, there are two elements here that can go in the complaint. One, criminal trespass. You don't have to determine if it was intentional or not. Uh, the second I would recommend uh, is if there's any disturbance of your property, that's property damage, that then becomes a hit and run. All right, a story that we first brought you an exclusive. We have an update on Mr. Dalvin Gatson. Indisputable reported on Tuesday, an unhoused veteran in Colorado Springs, Colorado was beaten by the police on October 9th. We brought you that video. His car was stopped for not properly displaying a license plate. When cops told him why he was pulled over, they said, well, there's a suspicion of marijuana. Well, guess what? Recreational use marijuana is completely legal in Colorado. Here's some of the video. Gonna ask you to just not reach for anything and step on another vehicle, okay? Well, I'm coming out the vehicle for it. Uh, we'll talk about that, okay? So just step on out DUI. All right, so stand up, turn around, hands behind your back. Step out of the car, man. Hands behind my back. Yes, you're gonna be detained in handcuffs. Uh, no, I'm not. You're about to stand up. Victor nine one fighting. Stop fighting, me, bro. Quit fighting. He's assaulting me. I'm not assaulting you, bro. My, my brother. My brother. Bro. 
my brother. Oh, my brother. Oh, my brother. Oh, my brother. Oh. Yeah. You go. No, you're done. You're done. You're all right. I had that left arm. It's like, don't do it, dude. We have some updates to this tragedy. The police officers were laughing, bragging about what they had just done. That's what happened. Let's put up a picture of the damage they were bragging about. That's what makes them happy. That's what makes them proud. The 29 year old Dalvin Gatson begs the three white police officers for mercy as they continue to pummel, kick, and slap him. Oh, my brothers, my brothers. At the end of the video, two of the officers laugh nervously. Three officers took part, Christopher Hummel on the right, Colby Hickman in the center, and Matthew Henderson on the left. Anderson, excuse me, on the left. Anderson smiles for a photo of his cut up knuckles after the beating. Look at him. Bragging, pose for a picture after brutally assaulting a man who was not combative with him. After the beating, the officer Hummel threatens to tase him and taunts him with his knee on the back of Mr. Gadsden while the man is handcuffed and face pressed into the pavement. We have the exclusive video from that part of what happened. Here it is. Brothers, my brothers, my brothers, oh my brothers, oh my brother, oh my brother, oh my brother, oh my God. We are still fighting. Right hand behind your back now. Hey, I said right hand behind your back now. Okay. Okay. We got two detained. Stay here. Roll medical. Stay here. And the supervisor. You're under arrest. You dumb. Hey, hey. Let's put up what the police department wrote to us. Let's put it up. Colorado Springs Police Lieutenant Pamela Castro contacted Indisputable to share her department statement. Separately, as is standard practice, an administrative review of the officer's use of force was also conducted by the chain of command and was found to be within policy. Colorado Springs Police Department did not say the criminal charges for suspicion of marijuana DUI had been dropped, okay? And alleged Gatson fought back, there's more. There is still an active criminal court case against Dalavin Demetrius Gatson for driving under the influence, resisting arrest, obstructing a peace officer, and the required display of a license, of the license plates. During the initial contact, this is what the department says. During the initial contact between the officer and Mr. Gadsden, the officer observed a knife in the cup holder located between the front seats of the vehicle. Mr. Gadsden refused to exit the vehicle. When officers attempted to pull Mr. Gadsden from the vehicle, he physically fought with officers and on more than one instance re-entered the vehicle 
in the area of the knife. Now, look at what the police are doing. I got something for you though. So the cops, they're saying, "Oh, wait a minute. The reason why everything was so extreme was because there was a knife not on him. He never reached for it." But they want to make the stretch that because mm-hmm. this knife was present, it then creates an opportunity for police officers to do what they did to him. Well, let me ask you this, Lieutenant. Is that the reason why they decided to take pictures and pose with the blood of Mr. Gatson on their bodies? Is that the reason they highlighted their fist and their hands and smiled for the camera? Is that the reason they decided to not only laugh at the injuries they caused this veteran, but also taught him after he was handcuffed? There's more. Okay, now this isn't pretty at all. Let me show you the head of the Colorado Springs Police. This is Chief Adrian Vasquez. Vasquez said in a statement, and I quote, it is imperative that we look at all the facts when evaluating officer interactions with citizens. We will respect the ongoing court process, but welcome dialogue with our community. When we are free to talk about this case further. As you can imagine, according to the chief, they're not free to talk about it at the moment. Um, Let's go to the other set of pictures here. When he gets to the hospital, he's in the hospital, right? During the attack, an officer says to another, he's assaulting me. While the video clearly shows the the opposite is happening. Now, why did the cop say this? Well, we heard directly from an officer right here on Indisputable that the reason they do that is to build a defense against any prosecution that they may receive. So they know what to say during the conflict in order to protect themselves. Here's Gadsden still handcuffed to his hospital bed, his body covered in bruises, scrapes and lacerations. His attorney said Gadsden was giving a ride to another man to work when he was pulled over for improper tags. Dalvin Gatson is a 29 year old unsheltered veteran who was honorably discharged from the army. Gatson's attorney revealed to indisputable Anderson was removed from the department for excessive use of force. Now I'm going somewhere with this, understand the man who posed with the bloody hands was removed from the force for excessive use of force. Then what happened? They brought him back. They brought him back to the same department. The attorney said Anderson nearly broke a man's arm after the man had flipped him off. It was so egregious that the department fired him, according to the attorney. And then the department brought him back. Here's Gass's attorney, Harold Daniels, put him up again. Um, great civil rights attorney. Happens to be a good friend. Daniels spoke with Indisputable. He denied the officer's claim of self-defense or that a pocket knife, which Gadsden never reached for, uh, in the center console posed a threat. Gadsden's GoFundMe. Let's put it up. Mm-hmm. It has now raised more than thirty thousand dollars since we first posted the link yesterday. If you would like to assist, there it is. We'd love for you to provide whatever assistance you can on the page of Gadsden Rights. Um, I have been homeless for about three or four months. 
just sleeping in my car doing DoorDash until my money was saved enough to get an apartment. Well, dear brother, we're gonna not only help you get an apartment, we wanna help you get some justice. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn what the policy says. Policy, the policy is wrong. The culture is wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't lean on policy. Damn it, there was a policy that said black folk can't sit where they want to sit on a bus. Mm-hmm. That's righteous just because somebody wrote it? Of course not. Look at how you feel when things like this happen. When you see st- something like this, your humanity says something's not right. I don't give a damn what the policy says. We know what happened to Mr. Gadsden was not proper. We're gonna continue to stay with this story as it develops. My dear sister, thoughts here. I mean, yeah, you, you've covered it all. I'm so glad you're staying on this story. Um, yeah, if your policy is beating a man within an inch of his life for uh, not displaying license plates properly, then your policy is crap. Your policy uh, abuses human rights and you should be investigated. And we should be, um, our country as a whole should be brought in front of the Hague if that is our policy for a minor supposed vehicle infraction. Um, and again, do we have to draw these con- these connections? Uh, this veteran is drawing them for us between yeah. the ways that how we behave abroad, man, it comes home to roost. And um, I hope everyone supports that GoFundMe and Colorado police, come on. I mean, you got Aurora you in with Elijah yeah. McClain, the That's young right. young kid um, murdered. And that could have gone this way as well, but it, it just, you know. Just remake it. Just get rid of it. I'm sorry. That's yeah, but that's, that's where I'm coming from. That's 100. And the greatest way to disrupt corruption is transparency. Yes. Bring a light. All right. Continue to tape. Continue to record. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, kind of press for time. We'll read as many as I can. Trista says, Francesca, love you so much. You're Aww. so underrated as a comedian and political commentator. Uh, such a compliment, and you are Thanks. hella funny girl. Uh, Honestly, very smart. Yeah. It's hard on this show, I'm trying to find my <laughs> angles <laughs> of like how we can bring humor, but ooh, well, it's difficult. Well, that's why you can draw on the Political commentator side, indeed, brilliance. Indeed, thank you. All right, Uh, this is funny. Infantry chef says Boehner's first public speaking since discovering the edibles his company makes. (laughs) You know, when he started it. Now, listen seriously. I I said when he started crying, talking about Nancy Pelosi. I said them damn edibles. That's what it is. (laughs) He's got changes the soul of a man. He's like, I'm sorry, I just had a gummy before this. Exactly. Can you imagine? Also, the tan just stays with him, right? He just did not get the tan mom memo. He is. Listen, he's too old to let that go. No. All right, there are some things going to stick with him until his grave, all right? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Chi Chi Massey, for this. Boehner was just coughing up that last pull from the pipe he hit before he got to the podium. (laughs) Latif, AKA Colossus Mahis, I think. Uh, There are quite a few DUIs this year amongst Florida Sheriff Departments. Deputies are getting arrested and convicted uh, in these charges. Uh, Barry Straw, thank you so much, Barry. Uh, Latif, AKA, all right, yeah, Latif again. Member for five months, double dose of thank you. Dr. Rich, I had a close friend send me video of an assault on a school bus, an adult white male assaulting a young black female. 
He asked me to forward it to you and put him on blast. I'll forward it today. Make sure you send it to indisputable at tyt.com. All right. If you have a tip, if you are a whistleblower, if you have an opportunity to uncover corruption and you would like us to help, send it to indisputable at tyt.com. All right. I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're your friend. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Don't come in me. Show me your own. Show me your own. I don't know. It's one minute. Did you touch? Show me. I did. Wait, 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 wait. Show me. He's got on the camera, don't worry. He's on the camera, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. He's on camera. All right, the racism, the violence, all because he was confronted for not paying his bus fare. He told an individual to go back to his own country, racism check. He started to threaten individuals, violence check. But there's something I would like to highlight here, okay? So he acts as if he wants the smoke that he's ready to tangle. But he leaves all of the people that he looks to fight or acts as if he would like to fight. He leaves them, goes outside to fight the bus. Then he fights the windshield wipers <laughs> and then he throws water. Typical coward behavior of a male Karen. All right, uh, this was out of London according to the report. I've talked about uh, the global dynamic of this issue uh, and it continues to permeate. All right, just, just the thoughts here. I mean, just 
it's an endless. I mean, this is a marathon meltdown. Like he yeah. did everything. I love it. I, I just I, he he just needed to like stamp his feet, you know, and just throw a full uh, hissy fit. Which I love that the Karenicity is just having a public hissy fit. You know, as a mom to a very small child, I'm like, someone needs to swaddle you and just like soothe you, shake you for a little bit, you know. Um, and but of course. It always surprises me like, okay, so you got caught out on your bus fare and then you go to racism. Why always tap in the third rail? Like sometimes again, white people, they just have in their minds, they're like, okay, if someone does anything to me, like I'm gonna hit that third rail of racism. I, I do not understand it. Clearly the man is, I. it's not fair to even say, it's not fair to the mentally ill <laughs> to say he's mentally ill. It, it's um, maybe it's not fair to racist. Let's give them their fair credit, right? Like he's gonna be a xenophobe, let's give him that xenophobe credit. I will just give credit to the driver who could have easily, you don't have to hurt him. Just slowly start, you know, just a little tap on the accelerator, not even the accelerator, just let go of that brake and just plow him along. <laughs> like yeah. move it along, Mail Karen. We got people to get to their destinations. My third grade bus driver, Mrs. Bridges, God rest her soul, she would have ran over his ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay. All right, uh, this has got to stop. Protesters in Atlanta have been charged with terrorism. I kid you not. Let's put up the picture full mass of the location I'm talking about. And then I will get into the background. A joint law enforcement operation was conducted at the future site of a police training center in Atlanta, Georgia. On Tuesday to clear the protest encampment, they came out. They got all of these cops to clear out the encampment. You're looking at part of it right there, okay? Looks like terrorism to you. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, GBI, announced Wednesday arrest for five people over clashes the previous day at the encampment protesting at future Atlanta police and fire training center that opponents have dubbed Cop City. Five are all charged with domestic terrorism, in addition to other charges the GBI said. In a release, the Bureau said a joint task force went to the site on Tuesday to remove barricades blocking some of the entrances to the site and were met by some of the protesters who allegedly threw rocks at police cars and attacked EMTs outside the neighboring fire stations with rocks and bottles. Now, this is an important important point to pause, here's why. I've spoken directly to some of the protesters who are there. They've been there for a year, by the way. They've been there for a year. Many of them are living on the property to protect the Greenland. They would like to see it utilized for a more appropriate reason. This is protest, remember, Atlanta is the city of Dr. King. We are a protest city, I'm in the city of Atlanta myself. I oppose this cop city that has been promoted, proclaimed and protected by Atlanta City Council. Now, those who are objecting to it, they are noble people, they are. They're not saying, well, we know for sure this person did this and this person did that. They went and arrested individuals and said, oh, well, you know, people are throwing rocks and 
Well, did that person throw a rock at you? Did that individual make an aggressive move toward you? There's more. In a release, the Bureau said a joint task force went to the site on Tuesday to remove barricades, blocking some of the entrances. So what are they there for? To remove barricades to the site and were met with some of the protesters who allegedly threw rocks, etc. Now, let's highlight the picture of the police presence in the parking lot. The Bureau said they were there to remove the barricades. Great, all right, that's how you gain entry. A blog, however, associated with the movement reported last month, the protesters had cleared some trees to block access to a portion of the South River Forest area. And, they'd, uh, and they've said uh, is used by police as a shooting range. Several other forms of barriers have been erected to block access to parts of the site at varying points. There have been several clashes between the protesters and police or other city service employees this year, including as recently as a few days ago with the CAF Fire personnel. 11 Alive's Doug Richards also reported last month on a Dallas mechanic who said he was accosted at the site while in the area looking for junk he could refurbish. The foundation says under a plan approved by the Atlanta City Council that it will build on 85 acres of the site and preserve the remaining 180 acres as green space. But let me tell you what the narrative is. They're saying, oh, well, you know, we've had all kind of crime, uh, carjackings, theft, um, and, and, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. That's literally in the actual uh, press release from the state of Georgia. Now, here's why that's ridiculous because the people who are protesting are not carjacking. I'm not saying crime does not happen in that general area, but to correlate that crime to the protest is insanity. But people are buying it, people are believing it. How many individuals have been arrested who carjacked someone in that area and they were also protesters? Zero. How many individuals have been arrested for criminality against another resident of that local community and they happen to also be protesters? How many? Zero, not one. So it is obviously, obviously a stretch to connect those two dynamics in one sentence. There's more, the protesters have opposed the facility on environmental and historical grounds. Let's get into it, saying that it would decimate one of the largest preserved forest areas in the city and desecrate historically Native American land of the Muscogee Creek people who once lived in the woods and called it the the Walani forest before being displaced by white settlers. This happened in the 19th century. They also opposed it on the grounds that the land once was the site of something called the old prison farm. This was a complex that was built during its operation in the mid 20th century as an honor farm, all right? Where prisoners farmed the land as a dignified means of imprisonment, a practice which has since been scrutinized for its profit generation and exploitation of unpaid labor. Atlanta police have characterized the tree sitters occupying the forest as outsiders. Though there has also been visible local opposition from community groups. I am one of those visible opposers to what they're doing. So look at the contextualization. 
One, well, well, these protesters are criminals. Yeah, carjackings and the like. Two, oh, uh, they threw rocks at us. People threw rocks at us, so we, we had to arrest everybody. Uh, three, they're actually outsiders. Uh, they have nothing to do with the city of Atlanta. Look at all these variations of the narrative. In order to get you to dismiss the protest, in order to get you to dehumanize the individuals and their actual plight. Remember, they were charged with terrorism. Those who stormed the US Capitol, were they charged with terrorism? Of course not, now that's terrorism. These protesters are engaged in civil disobedience. That sometimes will land you in jail. Mm -hmm. We get it, that happens, sometimes it's part of it. But to charge them with being a terrorist, when we literally had terrorists try to overthrow the government and they never received those charges is insane. All right, this is the thoughts here. I mean, it's it's continuing like honestly criminalizing protesters and criminalizing the left generally. And especially if you're trying to preserve any kind of environmental and any kind of Piece of the environment. You care about a forest, you're an eco terrorist. These charges have been developing ever since the 2001 war on terror began. And we all knew that this, these same things were going to come home to roost. So the terrorism wasn't just about, you know, religious extremists from abroad, it was about actual. Um, social justice organizers in this country, grassroots organizers, people who are uh, fighting for uh, fighting against a cop city. And it's so ironic, right, that they're like, oh no, no, we need this entire cop city to work on cop training. Meanwhile, they can't handle a bunch of protesters outside of the cop city. Don't you think like, like just practice here by actually engaging with people rather than locking them up, rather than arresting them and yeah. charging them with terrorism. And again, Georgia is a changing a changing state, but this is this is what Brian Kemp loves. Like this is the stuff and he was lauding the arrest of the protesters. And and so I think that the movement that Stacey Abrams and others have begun, it is not over. It is it is a long slog, but I hope um, that it reverses things like putting millions of taxpayer dollars in Georgia into something like a cop city. Yeah, well said. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. A very stable photographer says, my third grade bus driver, Mrs. Rivers, I don't even remember if I rode the bus in the third grade. Clearly, Dr. Richie does not smoke weed, okay, that's funny. Um, Rodney Seegers, I think is how it's pronounced. How is this domestic terrorism and everything the KKK has done never been designated as domestic terrorism? Okay. All right. Horrific, a black student gets arrested because she refused to apologize to the professor. Let's take you to the video now, here it is. Everybody is recording 
She sit here and say she loves black people and stuff, but you, you let this happen to her. Come on now. Now you yell at her first. You yell at her first, but you don't hurt her. You yell at her first. That doesn't make any sense. Professor, you are the problem. Now, I was told by a colleague of mine that if I keep talking against colleges and professors, that I may be dismissed from the American Association of University Professors. Well, I'm a member. Um, you might as well revoke my membership today, because I'd be damned if I ever stop advocating for those who have been wronged. Do you know what you did to that child? To the professor, do you know what you've done? We got something for you. Let's put up the picture full mass here. North Carolina, okay? A 20 year old Winston Salem State University student was arrested in class because she would not apologize to her professor. After the professor, according to witnesses, yelled at her first, trying to embarrass her about a paper. The TikTok user who posted the arrest identified the student as Layla. The professor has been identified as Cynthia Villa Gomez, while the arresting officer is named Michael Rao. Reporter Louis Tran of NBC 12 WXII News had details about the charges against the student. According to the documents from the Forsyth County Magistrate's Office, the 20 year old student is facing a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct charge. Her court appearance is scheduled for January 25th, 2023 at 9 a.m. A WSSU leader tells me police follow campus police and public safety policies. Um, Okay, so you mean to tell me there's a policy that will allow something like that to happen on the campus? Let's be very clear. She's in school, Madam Professor. She's in a classroom, which means she wants better. She is engaged in a process for you to fill her up with encouragement, education, know-how. Not to do this to her. Whatever that argument may have been, it's not worthy of having a student in your classroom arrested who posed no threat to you whatsoever. But that's what you decided to do. Let me give you background on the argument that led to this arrest of the student in an Instagram live stream. Leela said that she submitted an essay as part of a group project, only for the professor to tell her the work was completely wrong. And she revised the essay just six hours ahead of the deadline. When she turned up for class the next day, the professor approached her about the essay 
And when she said she wasn't going, uh, and when she said she wasn't going to redo it, they got into an argument. She starts yelling at me, telling me this is her class, so it doesn't matter what I think, she continued. I got loud back, raising my voice too. You're yelling at me, I'm gonna redo it. I'm not gonna redo it, I'm here to present with my group. At that point, she was told to leave the classroom. But she refused because she was adamant, she was adamant about completing the group project. The professor then left the classroom, spoke with another member of the faculty, and then the police showed up shortly after. The young lady, the student, alleged that the professor told campus security that she told officers to remove her from the classroom. The professor demanded an apology, but she did not because she believes she didn't do anything wrong. Winston Salem State University released a statement. Here's the statement. We received a report that there was a significant commotion in Carolina Hall this morning. And as such, a WSSU employee nearby called for the assistance of law enforcement after they tried to de-escalate the situation. Reads the statement. We understand that the weaponization of police is a prevalent problem in our community. However, that is not what happened in this incident. We strive for a safe, inclusive, thriving, and intellectual community where all faculty, staff, and students feel respected and supported. To that end, we will take swift and appropriate measures against any situation that contradicts those ideas. Put up the picture of the chancellor. Elwood L. Robinson is the chancellor of Winston-Salem State University. Sir, let me say this to you. Um, and I'm speaking to you as not only a concerned black man, but also as a college professor and college administrator. You know good and damn well that an argument should not lead to a 911 call. Arguments happen on college campuses. Nobody was in danger, nobody was threatened. It was an argument. That argument may warrant some level of discipline, but it does not warrant a gun to be called to the situation. You do understand this, sir, that student could be dead. You know that, right? Because somebody at your school called a gun on one of your students. Now at some point, at some point, chancellors and presidents and professors, you have to remember why you are there. You should be there because you are a student advocate. Now you went to school for a long time, just like me. Got a bunch of degrees, you sat in class, did the homework, dissertation, defended it. You got your fancy doctorate degree to do what? Don't call yourself doctor if you're not willing to heal children, period. These <laughs> people are young adults who you, you are entrusted to be their advocates and their guides. You don't know the damage you have done to this young lady. You have no idea. Yeah. All right. No, I think that's that's exactly right. You know, you go to college to try to get ahead. You go to college because you're told to go to college. You go to college to learn to feel like it is a safe space to engage in discussion and debate without being arrested. And of course, with the professor themselves. That's who you are supposed to look up to. That's who's supposed to look at you and see the future, not look at you and see a criminal for talking back. I'm sorry. 
first of all, this is never okay. And we've seen the ways in elementary schools and middle schools and high schools that cops have been called on some BS. But now you're in college and you're still being treated like a criminal, right? And and this is again what young black kids are told all the time. Well, if you go to college and you won't be treated like a criminal. And then there you go, look, yep. being treated like a criminal. And, and it's just insane, the weakness that it shows of this professor who, you know, who wants her, I'm sorry, her little dangerous minds moment. Oh, but when it gets a little real, when she's when she has to have a a discussion, an argument, she can't take it, so she calls in the cops. Get out of here. It's ridiculous. All right, we are obviously going to give you the updates to this story as it develops. A man is on life support, life support after being brutalized by the police. He was going through a mental health episode. Here's the first video. What are you doing? Show me your hands. Hey, show me your hands. hands. Hey, show me your hands. Hey, get on the ground. Hey, get hey. on the ground. Hey. I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground, man. I'm on the ground, man. Hey, let me go. Ground, let me let me go. Uh, 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 Turn around. Uh, This is the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office. There's more, here it is. Let go of my hand, stop. All right, I got one hand. Put your hand behind your back, dude. Stop. Ready? Not very happy. Don't find me. Right here. In the car, we got a cops, we got a cops. Let go of my shirt. Let go of my shirt. Okay, we got, we got a cops. Ready? Here we go. I'm not going to let off this. He's going to keep fighting. I got him here. I'm not letting off. What do you, what do you guys got? Okay. What do you guys got? We don't even know what we have. He just. So we don't know what we have yet? No, 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 that's fine. Stop. What do you guys need grab? What do you guys need grab? Hey, dude. Relax. You are in cuffs. I need you. To stand so up. Got it? As long as we can get him to Why are you freaking out? Okay, uh, but he's just freaking out right now. I don't want to let him. What is your name? I don't know what we have yet. When I came up here. Dude, what is your name? We have a good Cadillac. He was here. He tried to run out. Put him at gunpoint. He tried to grab me. I hope he doesn't fight with me. Okay, so I'm just trying to get him. 
<laughs> we have not searched anything. We've not been able, but his pants pretty much fell down. All the all the bombs. He's gonna fight. I got You see, he was actually unconscious. The grabbing or the holding was likely just a muscle reflex. The man is unconscious. They figure it out later. Here it is. Just go see him up. Stand up on your own, dude. Hey, wake up. Put up the picture of him in the hospital. His name is Sharano Stingley. This son, father, and grandfather is now fighting for his life in a South Sacramento hospital bed after a December 6th morning arrest that rendered him completely unconscious. Now, you and I saw the beginning of that video. It was clear to me this was a man experiencing a mental health episode, clear to me. I'm not a trained mental health professional. Police officers in that department, they do receive some mental health training so that they can observe, understand the behavior, know what it is when they see it. According to the Sacramento officials, physicians determined that the prognosis was grim. His family fears he will never wake up again. <sighs> Let's put up the other picture. His family says um, he shouldn't be in this situation. They feel deputies did use excessive force. He has been dealing with a series of mental health episodes leading to the incident you just saw. While deputies were not responding to a mental health call, the family and advocates say deputies could have de-escalated the situation, should have noticed, recognized what was happening. Around 5.45 AM on Tuesday, December 6th, Sacramento County Sheriff's deputies responded to a 911 call on the block, 17, excuse me, 7500 block of Whisper Willow Drive. A news release from the sheriff's office, which includes a link to a body camera video says the resident had called to report someone under their work vehicle and feared the person was stealing their catalytic or catalytic converter. Per the sheriff's office press release, later this same caller gave a statement to deputies saying someone was trying to kick in their front door and they were hiding in the garage with their three young children. Um, Stingley's family members say that's not what he was doing. That instead he was having a mental health crisis and trying to find his way to his daughter's house, which was on the same block. He has sought refuge in her car in the past. You're talking about recurring 
mental health disorder. Please keep in mind, when someone is experiencing that kind of mental health disorder, that kind of crisis, it is real to them. Just as real as it is you hearing my voice and seeing my face, it is just like that for them. There's more. Let's put up his daughter. Her name is Diamond. She spoke with ABC 10 and disagreed with the narrative that he was stealing anything, saying no. He was just trying to get to me. He was not trying to hurt anybody. She shared a video with ABC 10 from another neighbor security camera showing Stingley running into their yard, appearing to be taking uh, to be talking to himself. Okay? It then shows him getting into an unlocked car in the driveway, seeming frantic and confused, and staying there for less than a minute before running off to the next yard, leaving the car door open. The family feels deputies went too far. The daughter even points to a moment in the body cam footage when one deputy appears to hit her dad in the head. Mm. Listen, he was rendered unconscious by somebody. Something happened, something took place. Uh, Stingley appeared unconscious around 5.45 AM. Um, share, uh, she shared the video she took on the scene with ABC 10. Timestamp 6.03 AM showing paramedics working on her dad. She now worries they simply came too late. Sheriff's office offered no additional comments beyond their press release from last Thursday evening. The press release alleges Stingley was found with cocaine, meth, and other drugs in his system and had experienced a serious medical emergency while exerting himself during the fight. So they're blaming him. The release also stated Stingley was arrested on multiple felony misdemeanor counts of attempted burglary, resisting executive officers, prowling on property of another and battery of a police officer. Additionally, Stingley is noted by officials as a prolific offender and has been placed on probation until 2024 for civilian battery and vandalism. Okay, what are they trying to do here? They're trying to muddy the narrative. Okay, what you have is an individual who has a recurring mental health disorder. He may have engaged in some level of self-medication, which is not abnormal when it comes to treatment. He could absolutely benefit or could have benefited from a better systemic approach as it relates to mental health in the community. But he got he did not get those benefits. He got what he got, which is what you saw. All right. Yes. And that is exactly, look, that is exactly what the movement to defund the police is asking for. They're saying, look, we put millions and millions of dollars into the police force for what? So that a man with a mental health crisis ends up in a coma, is on life support now, instead of potentially catching it before it even arrived at this moment, before he even had to seek shelter in his daughter's car because he didn't have anywhere to go or because he felt safe there, because he didn't have a mental health care professional to address him. And 
and his concerns or his pain or his addictions, right? Who cares if he had any drugs in his system, right? So, so this is what we're talking about. And why is it we only hear the far right talk about mental health crisis when what? Oh, when it's an actual domestic terrorist who opened fire on, you know, I don't know, black shoppers at a grocery store. Like they always want to talk about it then, or when it's a, you know, a kid who runs into Uvalde Elementary School and guns down kids, then they want to talk about it. They never want to talk about it every single day in these kinds of instances. And so again, the Sacramento Police Department in 2018 shot a man in his backyard and killed him. Yep. So you don't think that they're under review? This is something that Biden should be looking into. This is something that we need to put more money into. Obama started to do that. It got reversed under Trump. But 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 again, it is this is the defund movement. It is simple, people. It is simple. It is yep. money for mental health, not money for more weapons and more cops. There you go. And remember all of the excuses Republicans gave to Herschel Walker saying, well, he, he was having a mental health issue and he has um, overcome it. Right. Uh, and we forgive him for it. Well, that narrative is never applied to individuals who don't have, I don't know, prestige like Herschel Walker, or uh, they don't subscribe to the same political ideology as Republicans. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Thank you for remaining with us. And I just want to say how much I love every single one of you for promoting this platform, but also for allowing me to be me. I don't know how to do this any other way. And I thank you for continuing to rock with me through all of my imperfections and everything else. All right, I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, not Dweezil, aka Tail Wagon Dragon, said when you started the show, Dr. Davin Gadsden's GoFundMe was three thousand. It is now over thirty-five thousand. Amazing nice. work you do, an amazing community. Well, that's the work you do. All right, thank you. Kanye West has now decided it is time to take a shot at Rosa Parks, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and others. Let's go ahead and put this picture up for a mass here. Really interesting, Kanye. Depraved Christian nationalist West has taken a swing at beloved civil rights icon Rosa Parks. The artist was suspended from Clubhouse after spewing, once again, his anti Semitic remarks at a private online QA event Saturday, where he said the following about Parks and other figures. All right, so here's the direct quote Since 1948, all of these movements, I know woke's going to be mad at me. But all of these heroes, man, it's only one, that's Jesus Christ. You're gonna find out something about MLK, something about JFK, something about Malcolm, Rosa Parks. We know Rosa Parks was a plant. Damn, now for those who are shocked, this is the same man who said, you know, slavery was a choice. This is the same man who decided to blame George Floyd for his own murder when clearly cops did it. Same individual who spews bigotry today is the same person came after Rosa Parks, Dr. King, and Malcolm X. There's more. Um, of course, uh, here's the anti 
Semitic comment. They use these media outlets to outrage, he said. Outrage is an economy, the trauma economy. What death are we gonna promote this week? It ain't like 14 people ain't getting killed every week in Chicago. But no, we're going to publicize this on our I'm not gonna say whose platform it is. It was the Jews. The spokesperson for the company responded with the following. We took action to shut down a conversation yesterday because it violated our policies. We also suspended those who violated the policies. There's absolutely no place for bullying, hate speech or abuse on our platform as explicitly stated in our community guidelines in terms of service. Kanye stunned many last month when he started openly praising Adolf Hitler. Now there's a backstory there. While this is shocking, apparently it is not new. It was just new to us. Rolling Stone interviewed multiple people who have worked with Kanye who said he has always admired Hitler for nearly two decades. One former business associate tells the magazine that West shocked listeners during a 2015 business call when he gushed about Hitler and said he was a marketing genius and said he really understood how to mobilize people in a way that no one ever has. One music industry source said West wanted to mimic Hitler's techniques for controlling others and getting them to do his bidding. He was just so fascinated by Hitler, someone that can have complete control over people and how he did it, they explained. I think it was maybe the understanding of who Hitler was and how he created his army. I think West started to almost correlate how he could manipulate things to be, not the same level, but how he could try to get people to be his army, a former West collaborator. Meanwhile, reveals to Rolling Stone that West used to be more careful about revealing his Hitler love. If he felt you were trustworthy, there was a reasonably high likelihood that he would attempt to engage with you and evangelize his belief about Hitler and the Nazis to you, they said. All right, once again, this is the man who is criticizing Rosa Parks, but told, but said to a conservative commentator that he loves Hitler. All right, thoughts here. Rosa Parks is a plant, Kanye is a plant. He is an utter plant for white supremacy. That's all he is and he's a total dupe. And his beliefs around Hitler, uh, and you know, don't praise the good parts of him. And we all know he, he praises the good parts of him because he also agrees that Jews somehow are an evil cabal, right? Like because he be, he's so anti-Semitic, that's why he likes Hitler. And honestly, a lot of the weird right-wing obsession with Hitler is not so far off from the exact same beliefs. But to say Rosa Parks was a plan, I mean, I mean this guy is just it. It continues, it continues, and it and it like. I don't know what to say anymore, Dr. Richie. Like, I don't, it's just, he is a parody of himself. I think he might be a plant for like, maybe he's a left wing plant because he's so revealing how all the right rights BS, because they're trying to prop him up and be like, you misunderstood what he said. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure he said he hates Jews directly. Yeah. yeah. Always a pleasure. Having your insight on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Um, follow me on all the things at Franny Fio, F R A N I F I O. The Bituation Room is a live show on Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Twitchuation Room on Wednesdays, right after Dr. Richie's show. Uh, or no, no, now right after Unbossed with Nina yes. Turner. 
Um, <laughs> and Dr. Reggie's like, I know that. But anyway, yeah, listen as a podcast also. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, always a pleasure having you on the program. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.